brought to you by the WZIP sports team. This is Sports Power Talk Overtime. Featuring in-depth interviews. Someone brings a video up and was like, hey, look at this. And we all kind of watch it. And to be honest with you, we all just kind of like chuckled and, and just <laughs> thought nothing of it. Exclusive original content. They do need Austin. Every Theory. brand needs Austin. That's no. why SmackDown won. That's why SmackDown won. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. they got Austin Theory. And of course, the hottest takes. Kings Celtics. Okay. If we see Kings Sixers, I'll sell my dog. <laughs> Man, you heard it here first. Mitch Bates is going to sell his dog. So get ready because it's time for SPT Overtime. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of SPT Overtime. My name is Patrick, and I am the host of your show today. We're talking about a topic today that we haven't discussed since the World Cup. We are talking about soccer for the first time in just about six months, and I am joined today by two phenomenal analysts. First, he is the new face of WZIP Sports as he has just taken over as our sports director. He is a heat culture enthusiast and a proud supporter of Liverpool. Gross. He is Logan Congrove. What's going on, Mr. Patrick Weber? Not much. Not looking forward to one of our first topics, but we'll dive into that in just a little <laughs> bit. And our other analyst, she is making her debut on SPT Overtime. She is a member of the Puerto Rico women's national team, as well as our very own Zips women's soccer team. She is Abby Coley. Hey, Pat. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Good. Happy to be here. I'm excited to have you on. I'm excited to have both of you in the studio today because we have a jam-packed episode because it has been quite some time since we have last discussed soccer. So for today's episode, we've got quite a lot. We're going to be discussing some major moves in the MLS, some transfer news, recapping all of the leagues. But first, I want to take a look at the Premier League, arguably the world's most renowned league and most popular league, uh, especially here in the United States. However, it was a very disappointing season. For those of you who may not remember or don't know yet, I am a proud Arsenal supporter. Gross. And this season hurt so much as Arsenal did manage to bottle the Prem, and I was not very happy about that. Do you guys have any thoughts on what Arsenal did to bottle that season? I'm very disappointed. I'll share my thoughts in just a moment. For me, honestly, I've always followed Arsenal. Like They're probably one of my favorite teams as well because I'm a big fan of the coach. Like. I love him. He's always been good. Arietta, he's a great coach. So I always follow the team. But definitely disappointing, for sure. Just, I don't know. There were just games I think that they definitely could have had and things that could have happened to help them go their way to be a little bit higher in the rankings. But it didn't, which was disappointing to see. But not a bad season, though. Not a bad season. Good season, just a little disappointing. But... Overall, I'd say that's all right. That's all right. I'll tell you what, I'm a fan of Pat Weber being uh, disappointed. I don't mind it at okay. all. I mean, Good I can't place. talk much because my <laughs> team didn't do anything. But I'll tell you what, at least I never walk alone, Pat, and your team is alone at second place. We are indeed alone. I actually saw a take today that it was a very, very hot take, but I'll agree with it. And it was somebody argued that West Ham had a better overall season than Arsenal. And I will have to agree with them because at least West Ham won some silverware. Arsenal, we bottled everything. We went home this season empty-handed. The only plus side is we will be in Champions League next year, but I was hoping to walk away with just a little hope this season. We don't have much, but that is what it is. We will touch on right now, though, this team that clinched the Premier League again. As we see, it is Manchester City topping the table once again for the three-peat. Honestly, are we surprised? 
really surprised at the outcome of this, despite Arsenal leading for so many months of the season? Are we really surprised that Man City managed to pull this one away? For me, no. Like, Man City's always been at the top of the league. For me, I'm a big Man City fan, so honestly, so honestly, no. I'm not surprised. With all the talent they have, all the high-level players and stars, I mean, how could you really be surprised? And with the coaching, too, with Pep, I mean, probably one of the best coaches. So honestly, no, I'm not surprised. And just the team having so many high players, but being successful and getting along is huge, and which is awesome, which is putting them ahead. So no, I would say definitely not, no. No, not at all. I would absolutely agree with that. I'd, I will admit I was not surprised, especially towards the end of the season when I watched Arsenal take three very, very disappointing losses that we should not have taken. Uh, it was kind of at that point I realized Man City's going to run with it again. And Man City has been on fire this season as – I know it wasn't in the uh, brief outline there, but the Champions League final was last night. Manchester City did take home the Champions League trophy for the first time, and that just hurts because they're just adding more fuel to the fire for the absolute unit of a team that is Manchester City. But moving away from Manchester City, I do want to touch on one team that did slightly underperform this season despite an impressive bounce back from early in the season. Logan, I want to talk about your Liverpool. What do you think the thoughts are for this team placing fifth? Surprisingly low for a team of Liverpool's caliber, but you have to think early in the season when you were down around eight and nine, this is a very impressive comeback. But for you, what are your takeaways from the season and where do you think they should look to improve moving forward? You know, it is impressive that they came back. However, I remember on our original podcast when it was just you and I, which before I even get into that, I'm so glad we now have a third person up here that appreciates and is able to elegantly and correctly talk about soccer. It doesn't happen often. And actually, I would argue that, not argue, I know she's better on the mic than both of us about soccer. So it's, I'm very glad that Abby's up here with us for this. But as for Liverpool, impressive comeback. But, I mean, like I said on our original podcast, I predicted him to win, so I mean, I kind of look like a dummy, but yeah, we, it, it was we bold. We both took our teams to win the Premier League, and we were, both, was, <laughs> we were both I was wrong. very wrong, but oh. imp- improving the roster, they got to do something with their midfield. The, Liverpool has to find somebody in the midfield, maybe Manu Kohn or Kerpiran Turum, I think that's pronounced that way, and I'm... I'm in terrible pronunciations. <laughs> Nicola Barella, there's a few names that I would consider throwing in there, but they need to definitely improve their midfield. There's no no denying that. That's the weakest area for Liverpool, and if they can fix that, I definitely think they can climb the standings in the Champions League next year, or the Premier League, excuse me. Yeah, I would have to agree. They've always been good, solid club. Like It's a club you always expect to perform well, and it is impressive. Like The comeback was definitely impressive. But they, there's changes that do need to be made. And I do expect them to do even better, though, next year. I would agree. I would expect Liverpool to find themselves in the top four in Champions League once again. But a very disappointing season, as we touched on, especially for the Liverpool signing of Darwin Nunez. I think that he was very below average for a player of his caliber but hopefully well for me not hopefully but hopefully overall for Logan that Liverpool does manage to figure something out especially I do agree they need to strengthen the midfield they were extremely weak when it came to just overall possession of the ball and controlling it in the midfield so they definitely do need to look to improve that Uh, moving forward I do want to talk about another Premier League team that we normally see in the top of the table but surprisingly they had an abysmal season I want to talk about Chelsea. Now, the only Chelsea <laughs> fan I'm going to be honest that I know is Jake Murray and a goat. So, 
Hopefully he can take a few oh, he'll points listen. away from this. But Chelsea clown. finished 12th. They finished with one of their worst seasons in the Premier League. They finished below clubs like Fulham, uh, Brighton, Brentford, or Jesus, Brentford, yeah, <laughs> uh, and Crystal Palace. They finished below a bunch of those teams. They barely finished above Wolves, a historically subpar team in the Premier League. Overall, what are our thoughts about Chelsea? Clown show. <laughs> Clown show. I don't like Chelsea at all. I, I coach soccer over at Walsh Jesuit High School, and one of our other assistant coaches is Mr. Nate Maxwell, and he's the biggest Chelsea fan I've ever met in my life, and I have never seen this man be so down on his team and so upset, and I love it. It is so easy to clown him now when Chelsea makes it so easy because they're terrible, and this club should be relegated. Wow. Those I, are, that's, some, that's really bold. Personally, for me, I stay neutral with Chelsea because I've always liked Chelsea. Like, when you see talent, you have to respect it. And the team's, like, that's another club, again, that you have to respect, and it's always been good. But looking at these rankings and how low they are, okay, that's got to raise some heads. Like, we got to fix something. Something's going on. But I also said, like, um, Everton and Leeds United, also respectable clubs that were really low for, like, really low. But, like, these teams, like, have to pinpoint what's wrong, and there must be changes made next season for sure. Pat, if I remember correctly, didn't you predict that Everton would be, like, up there in our first podcast? I predicted Everton to finish a slightly above – like halfway, I expect a lot more out of them this yeah, season. I'm going sure. to be honest. Everton, yeah, sure. even though they are a lower level club, them fighting that hard for, uh, or just to stay up in the yeah. Premier League and fighting against relegation was something that personally I didn't see coming this season mm-hmm. whatsoever. But Chelsea, an extremely disappointing season. I personally think they hit a point in this season. I think it was a, around the transfer window in January when you could kind of see them hit the panic button. Mm-hmm. They signed some very very questionable contracts, I think, in the long run. Overall, I'm in the same boat as Abby. I'm more neutral when it comes to Chelsea. Um, it doesn't, although when they do bad, it doesn't pain me to see them do that bad. The only player on their roster that I wish could get out and get some help is Christian Pulisic. But that's because he is right. the LeBron James of soccer. I mean, come on, you can't not love the guy. But moving away from Chelsea, I want to talk about just one more Premier League team before we dive into the rest of the leagues around the world. I want to take a look at West Ham. Now, normally when we take a look at West Ham, there's not a lot to talk about. However, they have finally made history as they have won their first piece of European silverware in 43 years as they clinched the Europa Conference League. Overall, a huge congratulations to West Ham and their supporters. I know that they have a diehard fan base and it does feel pretty good i know that they will not be fighting for any european silverware next year as they placed 14th in the league this year but it is a feel-good moment for their fans to take home the first piece of european silverware right before declan rice is set to leave overall what are your guys thoughts on west ham making their history for the first time in 43 years yeah no definitely huge it's definitely huge for the club it's it's definitely huge it's something to build off of for sure now they have something going now they can build from this and just keep going but Basically, all I gotta say is just um, they gotta keep going, and um, it's a good place to start for them because they—you need somewhere to start to become a good club and a respectable club. And now is the time where I think that they can definitely achieve those things. So, indeed, absolutely an impressive run by West Ham, and if they can continue to build, this club will continue to rise. I completely agree. That was our recap of the Premier League season. Now we're going to take a look at Germany's favorite league and personally my second favorite league around the world. It is the German Bundesliga and their 
season went down to the absolute wire. It was a last-second clinch for Bayern Munich to win the league over Borussia Dortmund. What can I say other than a fantastic season for both these clubs? They both finished top of the table, one and two, both with 71 points. Bayern Munich, of course, clinching the Bundesliga on goal differential. A surprisingly, at least to me, for the powerhouse of a club that Bayern Munich is, for them to only walk away with 71 points in the Bundesliga is surprisingly below what I was expecting for this club. I did expect them to win the Bundesliga, but I did not expect them to have that close of a race with Dortmund. What are your guys' thoughts overall about the Bundesliga and how it finished out? You know, I would have to agree. I think that's definitely a, a bit too low in the points for sure. But I don't know. I do. I did expect them to win too. They're probably one of the best with Dortmund as well. But I don't know. The points looking a little low, and it's crazy how close the two teams were. But no, I agree with you 100. percent Yeah, I would agree. Not not a finish that I would have expected. But yeah, I, I agree with Abby's take on that as well. I completely agree. Uh, hopefully Dortmund, uh, that is my club that I support in the Bundesliga. I basically have a club for every league except for, uh, I will admit I don't have a team for Serie A, but that's because I don't really watch Serie A that much. Oh. I see you're wearing a Juventus jersey over there, Logan. Man. You just have to casually flex that. Where, where did they place again? I mean, we'll, we'll get into it later, but. You know. on. Wow. Leave me alone, Pat. Wow. Leave me alone. Leave sub, me alone. I have two season. Serie A teams that I'll talk about that I like. And Juventus is one of them, but it's actually not my number one. I completely okay. respect that. And we will dip back into the Bundesliga just a little bit more as we move towards some transfer news. But I do want to take a look at another world-renowned league, probably one of the world's most famous leagues, La Liga. Are we surprised at all that Barcelona find themselves 10 points clear, sitting at number one with 88 for me, I'm not really that surprised. I am surprised that Real Madrid didn't give them more of a run for their money, but at the end of the day, Barcelona was just purely unstoppable. I did not see Lewandowski being the impact that he was for this team, a very outstanding signing, and I know that the Saudi League right now is actually trying to get Lewandowski away from Barcelona, but he has no interest in leaving, so that is a huge plus for the club. But what are your guys' overall thoughts on how Barcelona topped the table for La Liga? And are you surprised at anybody who maybe missed the top three or didn't make the top three? You know, for La Liga, seeing Barcelona and Real Madrid at the top of the standings is pretty normal. That's how it always is. But seeing them at the top of the standings, if like now we're in like the definite post-Messi, post-Ronaldo era for them. And for me, with those two stars being out of La Liga, I have so much less interest in La Liga. That's the best way I can put it. But it's apparent that these two clubs are still great, even without guys like that, because they are always one and two. But yeah, I agree. I don't think Barcelona being at the top really surprises me. Uh, Real Madrid had a great year as well. Cut it a little close, but there's no denying that Barcelona will, for the foreseeable future, remain the number one club in La Liga. That's fair enough. La Liga is my favorite my favorite soccer league. Like, Ooh. Like, point, like point blank. Um no surprise again, like, Barcelona and Real Madrid, like, come on. I mean, having those two players leave, yes, but you have to understand and recognize the talent that's still sure. there. There's so much talent on both teams. And you're looking at a really young Barcelona team, too, with a lot of young talent. So let's imagine how long they can stay there or even transfer. But there's a lot of young talent there. And then Real Madrid, they have some transfers, some people coming in, some people leaving. So we'll see how they go. that will go for them next next year. But, again, I'm sure they will stay as one and two for sure. Um, I also like Valencia a lot in this league, and I was pretty bummed to not see them a lot higher. 
Um, but no, I just think that that's another team that's really good, a great club that just entails a really good game of a one touch and a simple style of play. Um, but I really wish I get to see them a little bit higher, but no, my favorite league for sure. So I am in agreement that La Liga is one of my favorite leagues. My favorite team in La Liga, Villarreal, finished fifth. Mm-hmm. So overall, not too bad. I will say I was a little bit surprised that Atletico Madrid yeah. managed to give Real Madrid that much of a scare, only a one-point differential yeah. between them there. It was a fantastic finish overall Abby, for the season. what mm-hmm. makes La Liga your favorite league? For me, honestly, shoot. I guess, I guess the talent, like, obviously there's talent in every league, but the talent in this league, for me, I don't know why, it's, it's much more special. And the Liga, too, it's just like, I don't know, maybe it's because it's in Spanish, too, but it's, it's just a lot of fun to listen to as well. Um, but, no, it's, I don't know, I just, they're literally my two favorite teams, too. So, I don't know, just, I've always grew up watching both players. And also, Ronaldo and Messi being from these two teams, kind of helped so I I would say that's why probably just a lot of reasons honestly love it I love it too all right we're gonna take a step back from La Liga again we will be uh, going back to all these leagues in just a little bit when we get into some transfer news but I want to take a look at the French League of League One no surprise here that PSG tops the table although only by one point as Lens was very very close behind finishing with 84 but overall PSG the overall powerhouse but maybe not anymore That remains to be seen moving into next season, but the powerhouse for the past few seasons does top the table. Again, I don't really think that this is a very surprising finish at the end of the day. I think, for the most part, all the leagues, from what we've seen, finished with the typical, you expect to see this, you have a couple of the teams that come close behind. But overall, what are your guys' thoughts on PSG topping the table once again and how League One looks moving into next season? Yeah, PSG, that's honestly, it's no surprise. It's really how it should be. Um, They're a great team, but... There's another side to PSG, and, and anyone can argue this with me, but PSG is a great team in their league, but they cannot play anyone out of their league because Ooh. they have so many good high-level players, and what they did is they just basically you know, bought all these high-level players and expected to you know, have a great team, but they all, have their, they all do it for themselves because they can't play well against other huge teams just because they all play for themselves and... You know, Messi is probably one of the best players out there, but he's at a point where he would no longer defend in games. And all these different players, um, Neymar, Mbappe, they would just play for themselves, and they could not find be- themselves being successful in um, the big against big teams. And they really, they really did struggle. And there's other teams like um, like Everton and like Leeds that have academies where they have they pick all the local kids and they raise them and then they play in the big teams and the senior teams and they're so much more successful but PSG is struggling because they're just trying to buy all these big players but it's it's not helping them very much PSG's narrative is buying big players that doesn't help I think PSG is kind of like I don't want to say they're in a way like basically the entire Saudi league but as a club (laughs) Mm -hmm. but that's kind of what they are I mean you look at their team in the Mm -hmm. past few seasons where they did have Neymar, Mbappe, and of course Messi, but what do they have to show for that? I mean, yes, you've won uh, your league a couple of times, but outside of that, there's not a lot they have to show from that ultimately what should have been a big era in soccer, but they fell very short. Unfortunately, PSG is my favorite team because my favorite player plays for them. I'm a huge Neymar fan. Shout out my friends from Brazil who got me into soccer way Mm -hmm. back when. I still have that Neymar kit from mm-hmm. when I was 
I want to say like eight or nine. That It does not fit me anymore, but yeah. I do still have it. It was the first <laughs> soccer jersey yeah. I've ever owned. And I love them. I love Neymar. Not the biggest fan of PSG, though, but mm-hmm. I do have to support them. And overall, I completely agree. I think that, not only that, but I think that PSG moving forward, since they are such a buy club and they focus so little on actually building up prospects, I honestly don't think that they'll finish top of the table when it comes to League One moving into next season. Mm-hmm. But again, that remains to be seen. Now we're going to go ahead and move on to the Italian Serie A. Now, Pets. this is what I really, really want to While we talk get about. into the Serie A, I have a question kind of based off what you just said. Okay. Because this, my answer relates to Serie A. All right. Who, you said your first soccer jersey was Neymar? Yes. Mm-hmm. Abby, who was your first soccer jersey that you ever owned? Messi. Messi? Mm-hmm. Mine was Ezekiel Lavezzi from Napoli. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I had three of them. Because my neighbor, my neighbor Gavin, was a big Napoli fan. And he gave them to me, and I kept them. They're still on my wall to this day. Wow. And lo and behold. But I don't like Napoli. <laughs> Say, and lo and behold, guess who topped Serie A with flying colors it is napoli now i will say before we get too far into this i do think had the point deduction that was handed to juventus Mm -hmm. earlier on in the season i think if that doesn't happen i think it's a closer race to the top of Serie A. I don't think it's going to be this close i i don't know if juventus would have won it because napoli did have a fantastic season but I do think it would have been a lot closer than what it ended up being, especially mm-hmm. when Juventus, when they got the point stripped from them, they got bumped back into, I believe, 12th place, 12th or 13th mm-hmm. place at that time. They ended up finishing 7th, so disappointing, but again, they did have that point reduction. But Napoli, a fantastic season. I remember seeing all the videos online of their mm-hmm. fan base celebrating one of the first times in their history that they've actually won the league it had been since, I want to say, either the 70s or 80s since mm-hmm. they had last mm-hmm. won it, mm-hmm. and it was Maradona. incredible. I, I love seeing it whenever teams that, you know, they have the history, mm-hmm. but they haven't won something in so long. To yeah. see them finally win the league one more time. It was a great feeling. And overall, Napoli, stunner. Mm-hmm. Stunner mm-hmm. of a season. What are your guys' thoughts on Napoli Siri- and Serie A? Serie A is my favorite league, personally. And okay. my favorite team is Lazio. I love them. Our coach at Walsh is from there. I love them. He got me into them. He actually converted. That's why I said I have two teams because mm-hmm. I like Juventus. And before I met Javier, our coach, I didn't know much more than Juventus and Napoli based off my neighbor. And then he started telling me about Lazio. Started watching Lazio. Lazio is my favorite team now, for mm-hmm. sure. And they're successful. So you can, you can call me a bandwagoner all Very you want. successful. They, they finished take second it. in the league this year. Yes. Although, Give it their, like I said, there was that giant point differential, but however, they did yeah. finish at a very, very high yeah. uh, finish here in Serie A. Now, I'm going to be honest, Serie A is the only league I don't have a favorite team in yet. Well, yeah, Lazio is your agree. answer. Lazio is your answer. I, Join I the club. One, I don't have one yet. But as long as you don't pick Roma, if you pick, I Roma, will not pick Roma, I dislike Roma. you strongly. I will not Uh-oh. pick Roma. Roma you, you and I have had a conversation about this, that you and I both do not my like cousin, Roma at all. My cousin Uh-oh. went on a trip for school to Italy, and she said, I brought you something back that was soccer-related. And I said, oh, cool, sweet. Saw her like a month later. It's a, it's a Roma flag. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, cool, cool, cool. And then I went home, and I don't quite know where it is, honestly. Yeah. My coach... Our coach told me to burn it, but I said I can't do that. My cousin, my cousin got this for me. It's it's very nice of her, but I hate it's Roma. It's still a Roma. Play I hate yeah. Roma. At the end of the day, I saw a Roma jersey for five dollars at Dick's Sporting Goods. Are we surprised? I took it, I put it on the floor, and I walked away. Doesn't even deserve wow. to be hanging. 
I don't know if That's I don't know if bold. I dislike I them that much. I yeah, don't I'm not, like I'm them. Not there. I do not there. like Roma. And apparently Javier was telling me in my last conversation about because he really hates them. He said he because he's from there as well. He brought his Lazio jersey to get like embroidered with his last name. He, this is when he was a little kid. He brought it to somewhere closer related to in location to where Roma fans are. Little kid. He said he was probably six years old. This is how serious soccer is over there. They wouldn't do it. They said they told a kid, get that explicitive out of our store. Told a six year old that. Because that's they just, did they would not yeah. embroider a Lazio jersey that's at a Roma based place. I, I think that's just yeah. the European culture of soccer as a whole, which is why I love European soccer. Yeah. Like, I, I love the MLS. I love supporting yeah. our homegrown league. But European soccer just blows us out of the water in terms of just how diehard the fans really are over there. Like, it's insane to me that they will go as far as to literally, like, say explicitive language at children mm-hmm. for wearing, a, like, a completely you wrong You can't game. do that. You can't go over there and not assume, root for their team. Exactly. I assume we all yeah. saw the video of the two lone West Ham fans fighting off an entire army. I forget yeah. which team it was, but they are fighting off an army of another team's ultras. Yeah. It gets that serious, like... And that's why I love it. It's something that is completely different. And I'm going to use this as a perfect segue mm-hmm. into our talk about the transfer. It's, it's transfer time. Yeah. What else is there to say? It's that time of the season. We're getting ready for the transfer to open. And remember when I said I don't have a favorite Serie A team? Mm-hmm. I'm going to take this first segue and say I could have one mm-hmm. if the man, the myth, the legend, the LeBron James of soccer himself, <laughs> Christian Pulisic, is apparently interested in joining AC Milan. This game was a surprise to me. It was a very, it was very recent in transfer news that it came out only about a couple of days ago. I was shocked to see this because I personally thought that he would have stayed in the Premier League uh, if he was going to stay over mm-hmm. in Europe. I had him staying in the Premier League, probably signing with somebody like Newcastle. However, mm-hmm. the move to AC Milan, I won't lie. I would be a big fan of him going to AC Milan. I think AC Milan does need help on the wing. And having Pulisic, I mean, he's not the greatest you know, in the world. There's certainly yeah. better names out there certainly better talent mm-hmm. but he's somebody that he will give you the results that you need and honestly for milan you finished at fourth mm-hmm. you want to finish above your rivals in inner milan so if you're yeah. ac milan i would 100 percent jump on board the christian Pulisic train what do you guys think overall about this rumor that kind of just came up it's again it's not confirmed yeah. but it is just a rumor at this point but would you guys like to see christian Pulisic suit up in an ac milan jersey i don't think it's i don't think it's a bad thought i like ac milan a lot like it's probably one of my I really like the club. I really do. It's a very respectable club. I do agree. Christian Pulisic needs to get out of Chelsea. It's just not doing him any justice. It's not. It's not. Nothing's good happening for either, either, either factory right now. But I don't think it's bad. I mean, I think it'd be good for him. I like. I agree with you. There could be better options. But him from being from the United States, it's kind of like you know rooting for him. But yeah, I think I think it'd be good. I think it'd be good. So. Yeah, he's got to go somewhere he's respected. I mean, he plays for Chelsea. They're terrible. He plays for the United States men's national team. They don't. They never do him any justice either. Hey, well, here's the maybe. thing. Here's the thing. The you think about it, it's the United States national team. But if you go and you look at all the other national teams of the men's, you'll get laughed at because it's such <laughs> yeah. a different game. If you look at the Argentina men's national team, if you look at all these teams, Brazil, and then you look at their club teams. All these guys are at the biggest clubs all over the around the world. Guys from the United States, there's some good, there's some guys that are at some nice clubs, but it's it's such a different ball game. But if you want to go to the women's side, total different story. 
totally it is a yeah, very different entirely story. different story. Totally different women's story. national team, but for the men's national team, as much as I still don't like to say it, because I am very proud supporter of uh-huh. the United States. Oh, yeah, everybody team. is. Yeah, I was. But you know, we are kind of a laughing stock overall when it comes to our national team. Mm-hmm. However, we still haven't lost to England yet. That's all I got to say. We still <laughs> yeah, have we yet t- to lose tied, to England. We tied England, right? I felt so good about that. Yeah, game. that was. After the draw, because I think personally, both countries had talked way too much trash to each other for just one side to win. So I am kind of happy that it ended up in a draw, because if we would have lost that game, I don't think I would have been able to open up my social media for a couple of days. Because I I made a lot of uh, uh, English men very upset with some of my takes, especially the most recent one about the U.S. men's national team. But that's, that's the time for a different talk when we move back in away from some of the transfer talk here. I do want to look at two names that are rumored to be going to my favorite club in the world, Arsenal, as Caicedo and Declan Rice are both rumored to have agreed to deals with Arsenal. Caicedo has rumored to already have agreed on a deal with Arsenal for about, I want to say I saw a total of 35 million pounds, a great addition to the Ultimately, I think he's going to be a bench sub for us, but nonetheless a great midfielder to add to the squad. And Declan Rice. Now, this is he is one of the biggest names in the transfer news that is going around as of today because there are two clubs that are currently gunning for him, one of them being Arsenal, but the other one being Bayern Munich. Now, I have seen rumors that both Bayern Munich have already reached out to West Ham and offered over £1 million pounds or 100 million pounds, I apologize, over 100 million pounds for Declan Rice, but I've also seen rumors that he is already planning on accepting a 90 million pound transfer to Arsenal. I personally want us to get Declan Rice more than I wanted us mm-hmm. to get Caicedo. I wasn't mad about Caicedo. Yeah. It was just like, he was just like an addition to the bench, but Declan Rice, his name is one of the biggest you can have in Europe right now. Yeah. What are your guys' thoughts about his opportunity to go to Arsenal or going to Bayern Munich? So... I agree with you 100%. I think that Declan Rice is kind of someone I'd rather have at Arsenal. But it's still, it's still good. It's still good. But, I mean, I agree. I think for him, I think opportunity is probably better at Arsenal because he has a chance of being part of something, of bringing the team up and getting next year at a higher ranking and doing better. Um, so I think that could be a better fit for him. I don't know why. For some reason, it just kind of gives those vibes. I don't know why. Arsenal just... It just speaks to me that I feel like it would be right for him. We Logan always have some outstanding midfielders. I, th- I think yes. that's why you can kind of see it because that's what a lot of uh, people on the internet have been saying about Declan Rice is they can see him in the Arsenal uniform solely because of yes. especially the recent coming of Martin Odegaard and Boyek Osaka. Yes. Everybody's looking at the midfielders that Arsenal has and they're kind of nudging him to go in this direction. The initial mm-hmm. like disadvantage was... You know, early in the season when we initially wanted to, when we made it known we wanted Declan Rice mm-hmm. going into the transfer window, what made it a little bit interesting was everybody kept saying that Arsenal was going to bottle the league. We ended up doing that, yeah, mm-hmm. but everybody was convinced that we were going to drop out of Champions League. So yeah. that's why I saw more people kind of pressuring and saying he's going to go to Bayern Munich because he ultimately, right. the, the goal of every soccer star is to eventually play in the Champions League. At some point, you know, get to that next level where you're really playing for mm-hmm. European silverware. Right. And it's like Declan Rice, he can go to Bayern Munich, but I don't think they'll utilize him well mm-hmm. at all. But his future is very – it's up It's up in the air right now. 
So. Well, I agree, and also you know what? He does play for England's national team, and there are some uh, there's other players on Arsenal from the England national team. So it just it speaks to me. It only makes sense, and there's already a connection there. So why not take advantage of the connection? I, I think Arsenal, no matter what Bayern offers, yeah. I think that Arsenal should definitely try to buy out over Bayern because I think Declan Rice would be a he's the only player that I mm-hmm. really want coming yeah. into the squad, especially with Granite Zaka mm-hmm. reportedly already accepting a transfer over to Leipzig. Very sad to see him going, but you know, I know he'll do fine over there. His contract mm-hmm. was running out and he is aging a lot. He is a club legend at the end mm-hmm. of the day, to me at least. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people hated him. For a while, but he had a fantastic send-off season, and I could not be happier about him and about Declan Rice possibly coming to Arsenal. That is something that I cannot even think of. Yeah. Now I want to talk about somebody who was recently transferred to Logan's favorite team, Liverpool, as Mac Allister accepted a transfer fee to go to Liverpool. Logan, how do you feel that you got Mac Allister? It's pretty good. I'm pretty excited about it. You saw my reaction when he signed. Yeah, it's a big, <laughs> big, big signing for Liverpool, and it'll definitely improve the talent on the team. It'll improve the mindset of the team, and going into next year's Premier League, Champions League, it'll be extremely helpful for Liverpool. We need it. I mean, seeing him in the World Cup said everything you needed to know. Um, he played his role so well. He did a lot of the dirty work. I mean, why would you not want a player like that at your club? So. He's, he's a real grit and grind yes, style of player. To yep. me, honestly, I know this is going to be a little bit weird, but for those of you who aren't really – up to date on like all of the soccer news. A player that I can kind of relate some of his play style to, mm-hmm. as funny as it might sound, is Harry Maguire. I know that a lot of people only know Harry Maguire because yeah. he's a meme, right? He's yeah. like the Brexit meme. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. True Brexit tackles come <laughs> That's from him. Hilarious. But McAllister and the way that he's a gritty player and the way yeah. that, like you said, he does his job, he fills mm-hmm. his role. He's very much a Harry Maguire style player yeah. in that aspect. And I think that's exactly what Liverpool needed. I think Liverpool, when they were going into the transfer window last season, mm-hmm. I think they focused more on obviously building up the areas they needed to. But I think ultimately they got guys that aren't really role players. Mm-hmm. And you definitely need to have role players on the squad. Like obviously you need to have your stars, mm-hmm. your flashy players, the players that go above and beyond their role. Mm-hmm. But you need to have guys that just fill into that role. And I think McAllister is definitely – like, one of the better signings that Liverpool will have in this transfer window, and I think it will improve them a lot moving into next season. Another player that we kind of mentioned on the English national team, going back to that, is Harry Kane. Mm -hmm. A surprising move came out, and a surprising rumor came out, that he wants out of Tottenham. He is sick and tired of playing for Spurs. I... I honestly, that's, to me, that's crazy. I don't know if you guys heard about, like, if it was a joke or something. I saw it on, like, I don't know what I was watching, but he he said that, I don't know, it was like a show or something, but he said when he's done playing soccer, he wants to go kick in the NFL. Did you guys know that? Wow. I promise you. Yeah. So hey, Pittsburgh, get your phones out. <laughs> so, wow. So I thought that was crazy, but just, like, seeing him and where, like, the rumors are to Real Madrid, like, it just doesn't feel right. Like, it, it does seems make, surreal in, yeah. in a way where Harry Kane is through and through despite him him winning Tottenham. No trophies. He's yeah. still a club legend for them. Absolutely. And I agree. It feels weird to think about him playing not mm-hmm. only outside of Tottenham, but outside of the Premier League as a whole. Yeah. It's a very strange feeling. I know yeah. we kind of talked about it a little bit before starting, but you had mentioned that yeah. Real Madrid is looking to do this to fill in the role for Kareem Benzema, who mm-hmm. just left for the Saudi League. Yeah. And I completely agree. I mean, Harry Kane, personally, if I played for Tottenham, yeah. first of all, I don't like Tottenham. I'm an Arsenal fan, so 
automatically yeah. I, I'm anti-Tottenham all the way. But it's definitely something that you can see. Their players are frustrated because they are yeah. a they're a club that has a lot of talent, mm-hmm. but they fall short every year. They placed eighth again. Yeah. They're falling short of their goals. It went from originally, you know, for them just, we're going to win the Premier League. It's like mm-hmm. almost every year you see them take a step back from mm-hmm. where they were a few seasons ago where it was, they're going to win the Premier League. And then mm-hmm. it goes, okay, well, they're going to compete and contend and possibly win the Champions League. And then it went to the Europa League. And then it went to the Europa Conference League. And now mm-hmm. it's just for them, like, what are they going to do? And for the level of talent they have, you can yeah. see that they're getting frustrated. So. I can't say I'm surprised, yeah. but also I know that the other team that Harry Kane is rumored to go to is mm-hmm. Manchester United, which mm. I, I don't know how to feel about that. I don't know. Because I, Tottenham yeah. already came out and said that they would probably not accept a proposal yeah. from Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Very understandable as Very. club or as a league rival. But I, I could see him playing more so for Manchester United than I can for him suiting up for Real Madrid. At the end of the day, I can see him more in that Man U red than I can in Real Madrid. See, I don't even, I don't know. I just, I, it's just weird seeing him out of the Tottenham, like, in general. But I, I, I agree with you on that. But I, Pat, I had something brewing, and I want to know your opinion on it. Do you think if Harry Kane leaves, Richarlison can step up in that Ooh. center? Do you think he could step up? Because mm. he has been so mm. inconsistent. And um, he's, because mm. in the World Cup, he just, you saw the whole, you know, bicycle kick, you know, and he did some nice things in the league, but what is your opinion on that? Like, what, are, what for both you guys? I'll be honest. I, I don't think he does because mm-hmm. Richard Richardson is definitely a player. He's kind of like a Matt Turner where, like I say mm-hmm. this, where, like, he plays so well for his national team. And, yep. But yep. when it comes down to club play, he's yeah. subpar. I, I do think, though, that if he is the sole focus of the attack, I think he might. I think yeah. he might be able to fill in. Obviously, Losing Harry Kane is a huge like mm-hmm. those boots alone are just they're That's they're tough. so big to fill. Yeah, I think he could. At the end of the day, and this is me like putting aside yeah the fact that I'm a huge Arsenal supporter. Yeah. I I think he could. Yeah, but it is going to be very difficult to do so. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, if he falls short, I mean, with the money that Tottenham would get alone, like they'd be fine to find yeah. somebody else or yeah. to sign somebody else. Yeah, but still, I think that for like an immediate impact. I don't know. I think it's yeah. a question mark. I think he might be able to, though, like I said, if he is the sole focus of the attack. Yeah. Yeah, I took the words out of my mouth, Pat. That's He can't be the sole focus, but it's I, if, possible, if but I wouldn't count on it. He was definitely, I'd say, one of the more disappointing signings I agree. in the Premier League. For sure. So far, like him and Darwin Nunez, again, not trying to bash on yeah, Darwin, Darwin Nunez, but both were... Very inconsistent, very subpar for the level mm-hmm. of play that we've yes. normally seen out of them. But, again, it all remains to be seen. Harry yeah. Kane, huge question mark surrounding him. I do want to go ahead and take a look at the one man who has officially put pen to paper for Real <laughs> Madrid. I want to talk about Jude Bellingham signing a massive £130 million deal to go and play over in La Liga, making the move from Borussia Dortmund. Honestly, I think this is a fantastic fantastic move. Jude Bellingham, 19 years mm-hmm. of age. He is so young. He is so talented. And I think Real Madrid, yeah. even though they paid a large sum of money, I think they ultimately got a steal out of Jude Bellingham. I would have to agree 100%. He's such a good player. And I don't think that Dortmund was serving him anymore. I think that it was time to find a change of scenery. But this this team and the league and just is another step up for him. And honestly, I think it's kind of a steal too. I think this is a great 
spot for him to definitely build like build a culture there and stay there for a while and then maybe find somewhere else later. But this this is a team where I think I find him staying the longest and really building a culture and a family kinda. So Yeah, I would agree. It's a good place for him. I, I'm in a hundred percent agreeance with both of you guys as well. Brucey Dortmund though, losing yeah. two huge stars in back to back seasons. And as we saw from one of them, he ended up winning not only the Premier League, but the Champions League. So could we see the same thing out of Jude Bellingham? Personally, I think we could. I think Real Madrid is building that roster, especially, say, if they were to land Harry Kane. Mm -hmm. I think that team, by itself, 100% Champions League winners. Moving on from Real Madrid, though, I want to take a look at the Ballon d'Or winner who made the shocking move to the Saudi League. I want to talk about Kareem Benzema on an absolute stunner move to go to the Saudi League. Now, I want to share my opinions real quick about mm -hmm. how I feel about the Saudi League as a whole. Mm -hmm. I'm very happy to see another league making the efforts to become one of the more world-renowned leagues, mm -hmm. right? I'm very okay with that. But I am not okay with the amount of money that they are that it's handing out to these players because... I mean, I know everybody jokes about it online, that it's the oil clubs and it's the oil mm -hmm. money. I mean, it really is. And I think that when you're offering players like Benzema the amount of money that you do, mm -hmm. it's almost like, yeah, it's, it's fantastic that he's making that move. Yeah. But I think it's hurting the leagues all around the world because now you're seeing clubs in the Premier League where players are going to be expecting to get the same amount of money that they would be getting in Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. And that's just... Physically, as from a league standpoint, that is just not possible. No. It is not possible whatsoever. So I I don't know how to feel about Benzema going. It was one thing when it was Ronaldo, because mm -hmm. that Cristiano Ronaldo going alone was un, almost unheard of. We were all like, yeah. there's no way. But now that they have the this year's Ballon d'Or winner in Benzema already making that move over too, mm -hmm. I would argue to say that I think the Saudi League is going to explode, but I think that ultimately when it does it's really going to hurt world soccer as a whole. What are your guys' thoughts on overall just, like, the shocking move of Benzema leaving Real Madrid to go to Saudi Arabia? Yeah, my thoughts definitely, like, Ronaldo was okay, like, because he's, with his age and everything, I think I was thought to myself, you know, he's going to get a good check out of this, but this is where he'll probably stop. I feel he could make one more move back to one of the big one of the other leagues, but I don't, I don't think so. I mean, trust me, he's in great shape. The guy looks great, but... I found that he's probably, that's probably his end point. But Benzema, for me, I don't know how I feel about that because I feel that he still could have went somewhere else. And I feel like that move was probably not the best. I mean, he's going to get a huge check, but do you really need that? Like, that's the thing that's kind of like, who knows? But the thing is, I feel like he's going to come back. He'll be there for like a few years and he's going to come back. I promise you that. I completely agree with that. Logan, what are your thoughts on Kareem Benzema leaving Real Madrid? Yeah, it's weird. Like, I could definitely see him coming back. That's a good good analogy. I wasn't planning on using that, but that's good. Um, yeah, it, I would use the word weird. It's not something that I was expecting. I agree, because we've really only ever seen him in a Real Madrid kit for his entire career. Yes. And when he, when he made the move, with his given his age, he is aging very fast. I believe he's mm -hmm. 37 years of age, 36 or 37. Mm -hmm. But he still had a, he still has a lot of talent yeah. left to give before I would see him making a move like that. I thought mm -hmm. he would stay at Real Madrid, but surprisingly not. But yet again, it was the money. It was the amount of money that the Saudi League was willing to offer mm -hmm. far outweighed any money that I think um, 
Real Madrid even has. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, it was a money decision, which mm-hmm. unfortunately you don't really see a lot of players staying loyal to their clubs anymore. It's the minute right. you see the massive paycheck come in is when it's time to leave your home club, your homegrown club, and go somewhere else. Yeah, I, I agree with kind mm-hmm. of what both of you guys are saying. It's very weird, very odd seeing Benzema, mm-hmm. out, like let alone outside of Real Madrid, outside of La yeah. Liga, and outside of Europe as a whole. Very, very strange. I want to kind of bounce back into the Premier League real quick and talk mm-hmm. about somebody who was on loan at Chelsea and who Chelsea just actually put pen to paper on. Uh, Chris, or Christopher and Cuckoo. Mm-hmm. It was a good signing. He's a good yeah. signing for Chelsea, but I overall I think Chelsea have put far too much money into their roster to get the results that they've been getting. Yeah. And they had him on loan for most of the season, and I didn't think he was that impactful of a player. Mm-hmm. But... They decided that they wanted to keep him. Mm-hmm. Overall, I, I think he's a, it doesn't make a whole lot of difference to their roster. Very indifferent mm-hmm. about this signing. Yeah, for me, it's it's all right. Like you know, but the one thing I did want to bring up is that Chelsea had signed so many players for so much money that have not produced, have not done anything, and that's what I think. Maybe they need to step back and realize what kind of players they need to be bringing in, and maybe certain kind of players that are different because the players that they brought in this time obviously showed that did not produce, did not work. So I think there needs to be a change, definitely. I completely agree. And moving away from the Premier League, I'm going to take a look at a name that I was actually very surprised mm-hmm. to see that he's on PSG's list, but I want to talk. I am definitely going to butcher his first name. His last name, I, I promise you I won't, but I am going to butcher his first name. I think it's Ilke Gundogan, I think is how you pronounce his name, the oh. midfielder for Manchester City. Mm-hmm. He has officially been noted that PSG is approaching him and they are wanting to sign him for a very oh. large sum. I'm going to be honest, for the sum that I've seen PSG uh-huh. wanting to offer, where I've seen reports come in north of $80 million, I think that is far too much to sign Gundogan for. He's a fantastic midfielder, though. Don't get me wrong. He is. However, I don't think he's worth $80 million at all. But I, I do think he's worth north of 50 I, I will give him that. But $80 million, especially when... You know, PSG, they did just lose Messi, so they're obviously scrambling to try to find players to fill that role. Like, that's fine. But overall, I just – I don't really see him working in the scheme of this team whatsoever. I mean, I agree with you. I don't – he's not someone I see in the scheme. I do not see him fitting the scheme. I do do agree with the 80 80 million. That's fine because he is a captain. He is – he's a a captain. He's, you know, he's got talent. He's been through a lot. But I don't, I don't see him fitting on that team. It just is, doesn't feel right. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't like it. I just don't like it. It's not a good fit. I it's don't like not it at all. It, it's not a good fit. But like I said, PSG are they're adamant that they they want to sign him. PSG is scrambling. That's for sure. They they are definitely hitting the panic button now that uh-huh. Messi has elected to leave the club. They're definitely right. hitting that panic button because at first it was talks of how PSG are going to extend. Messi is what we heard all season long was yeah. that PSG are going to extend Messi. Messi's going to stay. And then, you know, whenever his contract from PSG runs up, he goes back to Barcelona. Yeah. But Messi, obviously, he's the name that we're going to be talking about in just mm-hmm. one moment after this next player that I'll bring up. But obviously with Messi's move, PSG's definitely in mm-hmm. panic mode. They're scrambling. For they sure. have zero clue on really what to do at this point, I would say. But overall, I am in... 100% agree with both of you. It's not a good move for PSG. If PSG does want to make this move, I mean, you have to kind of rework your entire system 
and I really don't see in a I don't see in a world that they rework their entire system but still manage to keep the players like Mbappe. I yeah. I do not see that. So it's kind of for them either you keep arguably the world's best soccer player right now, mm-hmm. or you're willing to sacrifice that just because you're hitting the panic button because Messi left. I I don't think it's a smart move if they were to make the move personally, mm-hmm. but. Again, it all remains to be seen as the transfer window still has yet to officially open. It is mm-hmm. coming up very shortly. And I'm now going to take, we're going to take a step back. We're going to move away from the European soccer, although we are still in the transfer news. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk real quick before I get in to Lionel Messi. I want to mm-hmm. talk about Inter-Miami as a club. Mm-hmm. They have made a serious splash when it comes to not only soccer in the United States, mm-hmm. but soccer in the world. Right now, on their transfer list before, again, we move into Mm -hmm. the big, big signing, they have Di Maria on their list. They want to bring in Di Maria to complement the other player that they recently brought in from overseas. I'm a huge fan of this. I just have no idea where they're going to get the money for that. Yeah, I don't know. I love Di Maria. Like, he, gosh, watching him in the World Cup was so much fun. He did his role and killed it. He was awesome. I loved seeing him along Messi. Would I love to see them too back together? Yes, I would love that. But the money, they'll figure it out. Like, trust me, they'll, they, they'll find they will figure way. it out. And David Beckham, being the owner of Inter Miami, they will figure it out. And money is money, and it, it will come. But it's that's a great question to wonder. But it will. They'll make anything possible. Trust me. I I I don't know. I I agree with you. I could you you could maybe see it. Again, it does come down to the money. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like you said, David Beckham, he is the owner of the team, and he yeah. can definitely pull a couple of strings, mm-hmm. as he did for this next player. I want to dive right into this as this is probably the biggest headline and the most attention that the MLS has ever received mm-hmm. in its history as a league. But Lionel Messi, arguably the greatest soccer player, in my opinion, he is the greatest He's the greatest male athlete in the world. I don't agree with that. Mm. I do not agree with that. Mm. That, that that's bold. I will say he is my the, take. I will say he is the greatest soccer player of all time, in my opinion. But Lionel Messi has declined one billion pounds. The Saudi Arabian League approached him and offered him one billion pounds total to leave PSG and go over to the Saudi Arabian League. Lionel Messi declined it, and instead, for forty-four million, as well as for a uh, share of the team and for a share of the Apple TV revenue that the MLS receives, he has elected to come to the United States of America where he will play for David Beckham's very own Inner Miami. This is by far the biggest signing that the MLS, I think, will have, Ever. period. Period. We're Ever. talking Lionel Messi, a team. It, it was already rumored earlier in this season that he had looked at mm-hmm. Inner Miami. And immediately, if you went anywhere on social media, it was, why would Messi ever go to the MLS, right? Mm-hmm. It was all this talk, all this slander on the MLS, how the MLS is this farmer's league, which it, it is a very, more of a farmer's league, but still, mm-hmm. it, it's a more, it should be more respected, it should be more respected league than what they are. Mm-hmm. Good and on him for I, taking clean money. Exactly, that's of what I agree. He, when he Saudi released money. his statement mm-hmm. about why he declined to move to Saudi, mm-hmm. he said that it wasn't a money move. He said that they did offer him enough yep. money, it wasn't that. He just goes, I cannot see myself raising my family or bringing my wife there. And that's why he declined it. So I, I was a big fan of Messi declining all that money because that mm-hmm. shows that 
This is the greatest soccer player of all time we're talking about. He declined one billion pounds. He would have been made a billionaire yeah. all like just immediately just, like just by accepting that contract. And he declined it to come to the United States. I'm super, I'm so excited for this. I think yeah. the MLS is going to absolutely flourish now. And I think it's funny how many people were so mad that Messi made that move mm -hmm. because I saw everywhere how Messi was going to go back to Barcelona. There was yeah. no way that he's not going back to Barcelona. Mm -hmm. And he surprises everyone, goes to Inter-Miami, and immediately everybody's out here saying, it goes from the talk that Messi's the GOAT because Ronaldo goes to the Saudi League. Mm -hmm. And now it's, well, Ronaldo's the GOAT again mm -hmm. to a lot of people because Messi went to the U.S. Yeah. And it's almost like in a way it's like Ronaldo did it for the money. Yeah. Messi did it because he still wants to play. He openly said mm -hmm. in his entire uh, speech that he gave on why he mm -hmm. elected to decline going to Saudi that mm -hmm. not only did he choose the MLS because he wants to raise his family in the United States and he can see himself playing there more, but he also went back or he went to the MLS instead of going to Barcelona because in his own words, he's still kind of traumatized in the way that he was just up and moved out of Barcelona. I mean, we're, we knew that he, he loves Barcelona. Mm -hmm. He loves that club. He's going to retire there. I mean, he yeah. has said it himself that no matter what, before the end of his career, he will have a um, – he will be reunited with Barcelona. But not yet. He said he's still traumatized Barcelona. They're still in a little bit of financial trouble. Mm -hmm. Not nearly as bad as we saw them those two years ago when Messi was just, like, ripped up out of Barcelona and right. sent to PSG. But he's not ready to give them the second chance yet. And I love – this so much because you can already see the MLS it's already gained popularity off of just Messi oh, yeah. alone Inter Miami in less than 24 hours after signing Messi gained over 5.5 million followers on Instagram which is insane that's just the, that's just the Messi effect mm -hmm. now it will be interesting to see mm -hmm. because Messi is not only going to Inter Miami but Inter Miami is the worst team in the MLS they have the smallest stadium in the MLS Yet, their ticket prices jumped from $29 a ticket before Messi. They're now $720, or sorry, $427 per ticket to even get a ticket for any game, any game at all, in the smallest stadium in the MLS. Wow. It's unreal. I honestly think that just like the revenue that Messi's bringing in alone, I think Inter-Miami is going mm -hmm. to need a new stadium very, very quickly. Now, as I mentioned, Inter-Miami bottom of the barrel when it comes to the MLS. So I do want to take a brief look here at the MLS standings. In the East, I am very, very surprised at who is top of the table in the East right now. FC Cincinnati, a club in the MLS that, you know, not they're historically not that great since they were introduced into the league in 2013. Mm -hmm. They're normally not that good. Normally when you talk about top of the East and you hear an Ohio team, it's always the Columbus crew. But the crew are sitting at six. FC Cincy is number one. Nashville is two. Philly is three. New England is four, which I find very surprising that New England mm -hmm. finds himself in fourth. Fifth is Atlanta. Like I said, in sixth place, it is the Columbus crew. In seventh, it's Orlando. Eighth, D.C. Ninth, Montreal. Tenth, Charlotte. 11th, shockingly, in 11th place is the New York Red Bulls. Mm -hmm. In 12th, Toronto. 13th, NYFC. 14th is Chicago. And like I said, in 15th, to round out the Eastern Conference is Inter-Miami. Overall, are there any teams that are standout and really surprising you in the Eastern Conference here in the MLS? For the Eastern Conference, um, not 
really it's crazy to see how low inner miami is like that is crazy to me but no i would definitely say the new york red bulls is kind of weird seeing them down there definitely weird um but no i mean everything seems good i mean it'd be nice to see the columbus crew a little bit um a little bit higher up there but no i mean it looks to me it looks pretty decent inner miami is my biggest shock just yeah. because of name value who owns a team without messi I, I just think the reason they're so low on the table is they are one of the newest clubs to join the MLS. I, I do see that as being one of the only reasons why they are that low. Honestly, you know, it, it's a new club. They haven't had the experience nor the time to leave the impact on the For MLS sure. yet. Mm-hmm. But I will agree. I am very surprised, too. I mean, you would think that a club owned by David Beckham yeah. would have – you know, better players overall, just having a better performance. But they sit with only 15 points at this point in the season. So very, very disappointing. Moving over into the Western Conference, though, 1 through 14 here, we have St. Louis at top of the table, sitting surprisingly with only 28 points. They're top of the table with 28 points. To put that in perspective, the Columbus crew, who are sitting at sixth place in the Eastern Conference, are sitting with 27 points, and they're in sixth. Top of the table in the West has 28 points, and it is a two-way tie for the first overall or the uh, number one seed in the Western Conference between St. Louis and Seattle. Number three, no surprise here that LAFC are once again in the top three out in the West. Dallas at number four, San Jose at five, Vancouver at six, Houston at seven. I believe it is Sporting Kansas at eight, Minnesota United at number nine. Salt Lake at 10, Austin FC at 11, Portland at 12, Colorado at 13, and the LA Galaxy dead last in the entire league. My apologies for saying Inter-Miami was the lowest in the league. It is actually the LA Galaxy as they have 12 points at this point in the season. Overall, I will admit that the West, shockingly weak when you compare it to the East. Now, I know that East, I know that here in uh, the East Coast, or more so the East Coast in Eastern side of the Midwest soccer here is more popular than it is out West. But still, I'm very surprised to see that St. Louis is top of the table with only 28 points. That is mind-blowing to me. So what are your guys' thoughts overall about the Western Conference here in the MLS and overall kind of their subpar play this season? Yeah, it's crazy to see the point differential between the two conferences. It's quite crazy. For me, I'm looking at the Western Conference here, and I'm looking at Portland and LA Galaxy, and I'm – Kind of wondering why they're not higher up in the rankings, which is kind of crazy to me. But, no, the biggest thing is quite literally the point differential. And then you go to see um, Cincinnati, and the point difference is crazy. Mm -hmm. So just that's a little questionable, but, yeah, that's all I would say. Yeah, I would agree. The point point differential is crazy to see. I feel great because I am an FC Cincy fan, (laughs) so – I'm kind of surprised. Whoa, 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 I, whoa, whoa, I will admit, whoa, 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 no, I texted whoa, 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 you about whoa, 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 this. Whoa, 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 back up. About this. I text, so Two days ago, you said, I oh, I need a new team. It. I don't yes. want to be a Cincinnati fan or, a, or a, a Columbus wheel. fan. I put them on a wheel and spun the wheel. I texted you about this. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, the original team that I supported in the MLS was Minnesota United. Why? Diogo. I love Diogo. Okay. All right, listen, but he's on the twosies, and it doesn't really look like he might be getting called up anytime soon, which I'm kind of disappointed in. So I was like, you know what, I haven't really watched the MLS all that much. I really need to find a team. And then I was like, you know what, as long as it's not Minnesota and mm-hmm. as long as it's not inner Miami, because obviously I don't want to look like the world's biggest bandwagon. You will. I was, like, I'll, I was like, I got to find a new team. So I put all of the MLS teams on a wheel. 
and I spun the wheel, and I was like, whatever. I know I said I didn't want an Ohio team, but I was like, whatever wheel, whatever team this yeah, wheel lands on, why not? You got a lot on, of time on your hands. You manually put them all into a wheel? I did. Wow. Slow did. day? Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> it was a very slow day. I had nothing going on, so I was like, why not? I'll put them on a wheel, I'll spin it, and we'll see who I end up with. And surprisingly, I ended up with FC Cincinnati, so I do have to watch them a little bit more, I will admit okay. it, but it does feel nice, especially knowing that it's bumming Logan out a little bit, you know? Feels good. You tried to recruit me to be a crew fan, so I, just I, feel I will like give you the props. Why wouldn't you be? Yeah. I That's mean, to fair. be fair, I am more from the Cincy area and my roots. That's so. a valid. Okay, I'll so, give it to you. Know, that, that's I'll like the only reason you. why I'm I'm stuck right in the middle between Columbus and Cincy, so it's like I have both influences there. Mm. But I want to talk about something real quick when it comes to the MLS. Like as we talked about, the play that we're seeing some of these teams have is extremely subpar for being professional level. I want to pop the idea here do we think there should be a promotion and relegation system here in the u.s yes absolutely 100 percent. i think so but it's kind of funny because we had a similar interaction uh about this question for uh akron's very own akron city fc soccer club i was extremely curious to see this because i think we should have the promotion and relegation personally but Mm -hmm. I think it was spoken in the best words of Akron City's own owner, Nick Turchin, that the MLS is so far behind in terms of just how long the league's been around and its mm-hmm. impact. And not only that, but, like, soccer is still growing in the United States. It definitely has been boosted with Lionel Messi coming. But it's still not in – well, now it might be in the top five in the United States for sports. But it never really was before. So we're so far behind in terms of these European clubs where – Absolutely. They've already been doing this for hundreds of years at this point, right? Like, they've already been doing mm-hmm. it for over 100 years. The MLS has only been around for yeah. not even 30 years yet. So I think that in the next 20 years, I think that they should implement this system. Because not only that, but I think – I used to think that when I watched the MLS a lot growing up that it made a lot of sense. Because it, the way that they've set up this league is very mm-hmm. American. You know, you've got your all-star game. You've got your playoffs. You've got, in essence, you know – Even like, though they the, lose their own all-star game every single year? They do. <laughs> Oh, and I can't wait for the All-Star game this year, too, when they play an overseas club because they're playing Arsenal. And I'm, I've already got tickets to that game. And they'll lose. <laughs> my Who's going to lose, MLS or Arsenal? MLS. Okay, they, don't even, they never win good. their own All-Star game. Watch. Yeah. If, if there's going to be a team that they beat, it's definitely going to be Arsenal. If there's any team that's yeah. going to mess that up, it's <laughs> Arsenal. But moving back into the promotion and relegation, I think it should be done overall because it gives the teams something to play for mm-hmm. at every level. Like, you look over in Europe. There are teams and fan bases that celebrate not getting relegated because that's it's like, you know, we're not taking that step back. But here in the U.S., it's like, oh, if you just pay enough money, you have an MLS team and then they can finish with literally zero points every single season. And it doesn't matter because they're not going anywhere. Promotion and relegation brings a whole nother level of competitiveness to soccer that I want the MLS to have. I just think it's going to take a couple of years because they can't just come out right now out of nowhere and just be like, okay, you know. Now that we have Messi and we're getting all this attention, now we're going to start following the more standard way that soccer is. We can't do that. I do think in the upcoming, like I said, 10 to 20 years, we should implement that system because that would be incredible because then you could have a club like Akron, like our very own Akron City FC, where Mm -hmm. they're at the NPSL, but all of a sudden, you know, if they play well enough, they can get themselves promoted further and further and further. Not only that, but it brings more excitement to when you watch, uh, like, when we play the U.S. Open mm-hmm. in the Cup, it brings a whole other level of excitement to that. We're like, yes, it's already open to all the clubs at all the levels, but it also opens the avenue for more Cups to possibly be played at 
opens up, like I said, the whole mm-hmm. idea of just the different leagues working together as one. I love it. I think we need to have promotion and relegation. If the MLS wants to leave the impact that they're hoping to build, especially with bringing Messi over, they have got to implement the system as soon as they possibly can, but without interfering too much with, obviously, how the MLS is right now, with it still gaining its traction. And I want to talk to you guys real quick, also bouncing back to the teams real quick. Are there any really surprising teams that we've seen in the East or the West, or ultimately disappointing teams that we've seen in the East or West uh, here in the MLS? You know, As we are moving towards the All-Star break, I want to turn it over to you guys on who your surprising teams are and who your disappointing teams are. For me, my surprising teams are, like, Cincinnati, like, I, I'm i kind of shocked, but at the same time, I'm not. Um, but, I mean, because I'm a Columbus Crew fan, so I wish Columbus was a little bit higher up, but I'm not I'm not mad. I'm not mad. It's, it looks pretty good. But like I said before, in the Western Conference, like, seeing Portland and LA Galaxy, knowing how much talent they have and seeing them that low, it's kind of concerning, honestly. But, um, no, it's kind of cool to see St. Louis is at the top, but, no, just – Portland and LA Galaxy, it's kind of shocking for me, but yeah, that's what I'd say. Those were mine too. LA Galaxy growing up because of like David Beckham, just name value as a team. It was crazy. It's a team that I always just, in my head, like, oh yeah, they're a decent team. So the fact that they are that low is... They're officially the worst team in the entire That's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. And Portland, I also grew up watching them a little bit because Mm -hmm. a guy named Ben Zemanski. He played for them when I was younger. He's my neighbor. And so I watched them. They won the MLS Cup when he was with them, and now they're this low. And only a few years after that MLS Cup, it's it's a weird turnaround for me. Yeah, yeah I completely agree. I think the LA Galaxy are the standout team yeah. of kind of, you know, I don't say, like, what's going on over there, but that's kind of what I'm thinking because, I mean, 12 points this point in the season. And like we kind of said, with the name value that mm-hmm. is the LA Galaxy, the fact that they are the official worst team it's mind-blowing, really. And then I think my positive, or the surprising team here for me, is definitely FC Cincinnati. Yeah. And now, when FC Cincinnati was founded, I will say, I do know somebody who played mm-hmm. on the team when they were put in the MLS, so shout-out Aiden Quinn. Thank you for letting me do that interview just over a year ago today, actually. Um, but they're always a team that they always kind of hover below, like, they always are kind of like mid to low table, like, mm-hmm. every single season. So to see them ultimately dominating the entire MLS. I mean, they're eight points clear just in general of any team. Like, they're the best team in the entire MLS. It's very shocking, but I think they've played very well, and I think that this is a club that they've been getting a little bit better and better every single year, and I think this is the first season that everything's finally clicking Mm -hmm. for the squad, and they look amazing when they do play. So I'm excited to see where they go moving uh, forward into the season. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about – like I said, the MLS All-Stars, this is a topic that I also wanted to propose along with the idea of that promotion slash relegation. If the MLS is to adopt the promotion slash relegation system, do you think in order to kind of keep the MLS, the American League, in a way, do you think that they should keep the All-Star game slash like the whole All-Star selection process? For me, I think there needs to be something that, you know, it has its Americanized sub, we really know. But the, that game, like the All-Star game, I don't know if that's it, though, to be honest. I don't know if that's it. What it would be, though, I don't know. I don't know yet. But I personally, I don't think it's an All-Star game. I don't think we need that because that is such an American thing to do, having an All-Star game. 
Because if you think about it, if you go over to the league, the league's like, uh, my favorite league, La Liga, like, they're all all-stars. Like, that's the whole thing. So personally, I need, I think we need something, but what? I'm not sure yet. Yeah, I, it needs a little extra spunk for me. That game, if we're going to continue to lose our own all-star game, you have to change something <laughs> at some point. Maybe stop playing teams that you know are going to beat you. I don't care if it brings in revenue. Why would you want your players to get beat in your country? I'll say not just that, but uh, yeah. the United States as a whole and also some of the locations that these teams play yeah. as, in general, like yeah. you're already drawing just friendly European matches in anyway. Mm-hmm. So you're already bringing – I know it's not revenue – for the MLS as a whole, but, you know, maybe, as an example, instead of renting out SoFi for mm-hmm. a game, maybe actually utilize the soccer stadiums that we have here, right? right? Then it does bring you revenue, and you don't have to, mm-hmm. you know, say, oh, we're an up-and-coming league, but then... Bring them to First Energy Stadium. Ooh. That'd be right cool. here in Akron. No, you know what they should do? They should uh, get a little... Get, uh, get a little Champions League action, you know, yeah. maybe. The English Champions League, put them at Infocision. Perhaps sure, yeah. That'd be really yeah. cool. I'd be a fan of that because I mean Northeast Ohio. I mean Northeast Ohio in general for sports. Mm-hmm. I mean we're diehard fans up here anyway, so I think that'd be pretty cool to bring that in. But mm-hmm. I'm I don't know how to feel because I was expecting you guys to have completely different answers. I won't lie. <laughs> I think that the MLS it's always going to be. I think for a while it's going to uh-huh. be considered that farmers league or like yeah, you know, I think little brother just, league. I just said it on air the other yeah, I, hour I, ago. I think that's exactly what we are, and that's the exact image that's going to kind of stay with the MLS, mm-hmm. like no matter how good they get. I do think the All-Star game is something that, in every sport here in the United States, there is an All-Star game, so I think that that would be the only thing, that, that's just the only reason and why I say we should keep that, just for a little bit, at least until people are more acclimated to soccer, So, but I mean like... An immediate impact, I, I do think we keep the All-Star game. Like, even if promotion relegation is brought in eventually, mm-hmm. I still say we keep that just for a little bit so people can get more acclimated with the idea of, like, moving on from it. But I just think it's too American of a thing to get rid of that's, overall for having something here in the States. That's true, because I look at it from two perspectives, because if you really look at it, like, yes, it's good and bad for me. Like, I like it, but then I think about it, I'm like, no. Because I feel like it's something, like, we get laughed at from other parts. But it's what makes, I guess it's what makes it so American. Because, like, in the NBA, we have our all-star games or, like, everything else. So, I, maybe, I guess yes. I don't know. I, I had to think on that. It's like, it's, it's almost weird in a way where it's like, we have our all-star thing, or we have our all-star selection yeah. game here. And, like, you were kind of saying Abby was, you know, overseas. They're all all stars. So like their all star selection is basically who's going to win the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. Like that's their all star selection. Literally. And then we're over here like, hey, you are like, yeah. yeah, like you can play. Yeah, like you're a little so, bit better than the the guy to the left of you. Yeah, so, so you're like, come on, you can be an all star. And <laughs> I want us to keep it just for a little bit, just so like I said, yeah. soccer is something that if you're just a, a casual observer, especially here in the United States, like mm-hmm. you're gonna be pretty lost at first. So I yeah. think that. Keeping that at least, that way it's something that people can immediately recognize. It's something that's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's American, like we're used to it. Yeah. This is an idea that's comfortable with me. I think that's why you keep it, but mm-hmm. like I said, eventually down the road, like 30, 40 years, get rid of it because right. I completely agree. If the MLS wants to be this up-and-coming league that they're claiming that they are, they have mm-hmm. got to stop Americanizing the sport so much Yeah. because it's kind of ruining it in a way. Like I said, I love the idea of promotion relegation, I'm going to be honest, I hate the playoffs for the MLS. Uh-huh. I hate them so much because it's like, I get it, it's very American. You have the playoffs and all this other mm-hmm. stuff, but 
it's like no like it should be what it is yeah. overseas where people are getting hyped to play in yeah. whatever the um I'm trying to think uh whatever the continental or the continent cup is or whatever yeah. you know where you have like the european champions league and then you've mm-hmm. got the afc stuff for asia and you've got mm-hmm. our stuff over here in the americas it's like we kind of need to yeah. focus on that like stop making it so american yeah. and we and we might succeed mm-hmm. who knows agreed overall though for the mls what are your guys overall thoughts like i said we are getting ready for the all-star game and logan i know you've been over here i i'm in agreement. we need to stop pitching our all-stars against the best clubs in the world because it is not working it makes us look more of a joke but overall if you were to select a few names that are in the MLS right now to be on the All-Star team, who would it be? Darlington Nagby. Yes. That's yes. my guy. Yes. Darlington Nagby. I'm in complete agreement. No obviously, other correct answers. Obviously, Lionel Messi. Like yeah. uh, Obviously, he's got to be on the list there for, yeah, sure, for sure because it's Messi at the end of the day. Yeah. They'll make a lot of money off of that too. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes, they will. They definitely will. I, I liked, I've always liked DeAndre Yedlin. Like, Another good one. Yes. Like, I've always loved him, so I'm sure I will see him there. Um, but, you know, I was just thinking about him. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. We'll definitely see so you him guys there. took my three. I was going to ask for three. You guys took exactly my three. And speaking of DeAndre Yedlin, I just started a career in FIFA today where I'm managing Luton Town, and I just signed him. Nice. So shout out DeAndre Yedlin. Wow. Hopefully you help me bring the Premier League's biggest Cinderella story <sighs> to the Champions League. And speaking – Right before we sign off here, mm-hmm. I do want to talk about Luton Town. Just re- very, very briefly. They have almost played FIFA career, like managing career, in real life. Five years ago, they were in the fifth division of English football. They were playing against the likes of Wrexham. And now they're in the Premier League. And I think this is a fantastic Cinderella story. I mean, their stadium alone, you have to walk through people's houses to get inside the stadium. Their stadium <laughs> only crazy. holds 10,000 people, and they are in the Premier League. What are your guys' thoughts overall about the absolute Cinderella story and team that is Luton Town? Cinderella story, indeed. I That stadium is very cool. Um, hopefully they can continue their success because that's that's a really awesome story. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. It's awesome to see. I'm, I just see on my computer here, but the Cinderella story, like, you, like Matt Turner, like, like hearing that story, story and him playing the World Cup in the United States and just like hearing about him. Matt and all likes stuff. Matt Turner. Like, <laughs> don't don't get me started on Matt Turner right now. It's okay, crazy. here's the thing: U.S. national team. Yeah. Matt Turner, I yeah. love him. Uh oh. Arsenal, Matt Turner, get him off the squad, please. Oh gosh. Like two uh, different people, I'm sure. They they are. I, I'm I sure. watched him botch basically every like English trophy that we had a chance at winning. We had Matt Turner in goal, and I watched him lose every single game. Oh, gosh. And it was just infuriating. But then when he, like, but I love him because he plays so well for the men's national team that, like, I know. It's either. I can overlook it just a little bit. It's either for players, it's like you play good for both, or you play good for one or the other. Like, it, it, that's exactly what it is. It's either you're a star for both, or it's like you're only a star for the one or the other, honestly. Yeah. Like, I am, I'm completely agreeing with you. And then for Luton Town, I mean, hats off. They may, you know, for all we know, they may never see the Premier League again for years. Mm-hmm. But for this season, Luton Town, mm-hmm. Cinderella story, I really hope they don't get relegated because that would be really cool to see them survive their first season up. But I, I don't think it's possible, especially with the level of talent that was in the Premier League that 
did get relegated, I just don't think Luton Town, even if they manage to stay up this year, I don't think they're going to be in the Premier League for like more than three years, if we're being honest. Because, I mean, shockingly, the three teams that were relegated, as we know, Southampton, not surprised that Southampton was relegated. They're always bouncing back and forth between relegation and promotion. Leeds, very surprised about Leeds. They're normally bottom of the table, but I didn't think they'd get relegated. And Leicester. Mm-hmm. I, I can say that Leicester might be the most surprising relegation that I've seen in probably about 10 years for the Premier League. We're talking about a team that seven years ago, they lifted the Premier League title over their heads, and now they are in the Champions League. I I don't know how to feel about that. I know, you know, talking about the promotion relegation, it's stuff like that that would make it just so much more interesting for the MLS is why I wanted to kind of bring this up kind of last second because it's like, Imagine this, like you have the Columbus crew, hypothetically, like Columbus crew and Inter Miami, you know, fighting it out at one and two, but then you go down the table in LA Galaxy and uh, you could say, example, like say FC Cincinnati. I'm just throwing out some examples there, you know. They're fighting for relegation where you could see a team like Akron City or somebody, you know, if we played well enough, get up in the promotion. You could see like Akron City going for promotion. You could see teams like Inter Miami going for relegation. Mm-hmm. Just like think about that. Wouldn't wouldn't that be crazy? Like just hypothetically. Like think what, about that. What winning games it would be crazy. Ah, okay, oh, listen. We got Wednesday. I know I'm 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 optimistic. I'm I'm optimistic too, but I'm Shout out Dan Baumgartner. I know he's about to listen to this. Fact, shout out Dan for real. That's my guy. I love Dan. That's my guy. <laughs> but that is all we have for today. Real quick a recap as we had a lot to cover today we recapped every single one of the world's major leagues well the top five so the premier league the bundesliga league one la liga and Serie A. we talked about a bunch of transfer news and then we dove headfirst into the mls to talk about Lionel messi the mls's future as there are a lot of question marks surrounding it and ended it off with a little bit of the promotion and relegation how did you guys or overall what are your guys thoughts from today's show fantastic lineup pat good job on hosting your first soccer podcast abby good job on your debut and yeah we'll be back this will be a continued thing now that we got a a good squad going no i had so much fun it was awesome great topic so stuff i'm passionate to talk about so it's always fun so thank you for having me i love having both of you in the studio here some great analysts here for soccer logan like you said this is definitely going to be more consistent now that we actually have a crew of people that we can all talk about soccer together for more sbt content follow us on twitter at wzip sports download our podcast sbt overtime and rewind streaming on all major platforms and tune into 88.1 fm wzip every sunday from 11 a.m to 1 p.m for sports power talk my name is patrick weber joining me was logan conger let's go 330 and abby coley thank you as always for listening and let's go zips